This is Law of Attraction Explored. I'm Tim Grimes. If you'd like a free guide that explains the hidden link between relaxation and the Law of Attraction, or if you want more information about my books or my coaching, you can visit RadicalCounselor.com. Enjoy the episode. So I thought we could have a very common sense episode today. As we constantly talk about, so much of this information is uncommon common sense. And while it can be super interesting to get esoteric and to get quote-unquote otherworldly, I usually find it's most helpful when exploring these law of attraction principles to be very down-to-earth. And if we're very down-to-earth, we realize there's a tremendous amount of wonder right here. And perhaps the wonder that we're looking for out in some other galaxy is really the wonder that we have and can recognize right here on Earth right now. So I want to start by just saying that I was listening to Tim Ferriss's podcast. Most of you probably have heard of Tim Ferriss, famous for the four-hour work week. And he had a guy on a while ago named Richard Wiseman, who is a magician, but also somebody who's done a lot of academic work about paranormal stuff. And he's a skeptic, basically. And he wrote an interesting book called Paranormality that just debunks a lot of the common themes that we see around the law of attraction, kind of the commercial themes, stuff like psychics and mediums being able to predict your future I personally am not saying that that stuff is not legit, but I will say that a lot of the time it's not legit, and it just has to do with our psychology. And uh, anyway, that's what Wiseman specializes in, is um, kind of debunking a lot of popular paranormal stuff and just saying, listen, this is really just the mind at work. It's very, very interesting, but there's nothing actually paranormal about it. Again, I'm not saying that's necessarily my opinion, but um, it's interesting to read a book like Paranormality because it does make you appreciate a skeptic's view of a lot of this stuff, and you can learn something from it. Anyway, um, this guy Wiseman is you know, a skeptic, and Tim Ferriss asked him, you know, being so skeptical of, of so much of this kind of self-improvement through alternative means uh, material, do you have any books that you would recommend or teachers that you would recommend? And Wiseman said, you know, despite all my skepticism, Dale Carnegie, the stuff that he shares in his books is great. He says Dale Carnegie is the guy to, the guy to read. And Dale Carnegie, of course, he wrote many books, but his most famous is How to Win Friends and Influence People. And the other very famous book that he wrote that we're going to talk about today and read an excerpt from is How to Stop Worrying and Start Living. And I just thought it was interesting that, um, you know, Wiseman said, you know, Carnegie stands out. It's just a common sense master teacher of self-improvement and how to improve your life. And the other thing that came to mind is you know, obviously we discuss Richard Dots and his books a fair amount on this show and on my YouTube channel. And 
I forget what book it, it was of Dots. He might have said it in a couple books. I think it might have been Banned Money Secrets, which Banned Money Secrets is actually my favorite Richard Dots book. But anyway, Richard Dots, you know, is all about dropping worry and anxiety. And he said, you know, I don't, I, I don't know if I'm remembering exactly right, but he said basically the most effective and most powerful book he read in this regard and what helped him the most was How to Stop Worrying and Start Living by Dale Carnegie. So I just, I shared those two anecdotes just to kind of underscore how freaking great a lot of Dale Carnegie's advice is and how much common sense wisdom is within it. You know, again, people like to get very esoteric and very out there. Most of the time, I'd rather just read gentle, brilliant advice by somebody like Dale Carnegie. And we have not spoken about how to stop worrying and start living on this show yet. So I thought this is a good time to to read an excerpt. And in this excerpt I'm going to read, he's going to also mention a couple other dudes. We're talking about a lot of dudes today, um, but a couple other famous guys that um, <laughs> you you guys are going to know. Carnegie, if you've never read him, he's you should you should read How to Stop Worrying and Start Living. In my opinion, it's just it's a masterpiece. Um, but Carnegie gives a lot of practical examples, and in this excerpt, he gives an example of uh, a person that basically the doctors said uh, was going to die. In the story, the man says, "I went home and made sure that my insurance was all paid up. Then I apologized to my maker for all my mistakes and settled down to gloomy meditations." I made everyone unhappy. My wife and family were miserable, and I was buried deep in depression myself. However, after a week of wallowing in self-pity, I said to myself, You're acting like a fool. You may not die for a year yet, and why not try to be happy while you're here? I threw back my shoulders, put a smile on my face, and attempted to act as though everything was normal. I admit it was an effort at first, but I forced myself to be pleasant and cheerful. And this not only helped my family but it also helped me. The first thing I knew, I began to feel better, almost as well as I pretended to feel. The improvement went on, and today, months after I was supposed to be in my grave, I am not only happy, well, and alive, but my blood pressure is down. I know one thing for certain. The doctor's prediction would certainly have come true if I had gone on thinking dying thoughts of defeat. But I gave my body a chance to heal itself, by nothing in the world but a change of mental attitude. So that's a story that Carnegie shares in this book, and he, he shares so many helpful stories like that, just stories about people conquering their sense of worry and anxiety. And so after, after that quote from that gentleman, Carnegie writes, Let me ask you a question. If merely acting cheerful and thinking positive thoughts of health and courage could save this man's life, why should you and I tolerate, for one minute more, our minor glooms and depressions? Why make ourselves and everyone around us unhappy and blue when it is possible for us to start creating happiness by merely acting cheerful? Now, that quote, you could say, well, that's just common sense. And the answer is yes, that pretty much is just common sense. But that also is the law of attraction. A lot of the law of attraction is simply common sense. Or as I say in the law of attraction simplified, uncommon common sense. Because we don't actually apply this stuff usually. Which means even though it's common sense, it becomes uncommon because it's uncommonly applied. 
and we can apply it. That's the beauty of law of attraction principles. If we actually do it, a lot of them seem like common sense to apply, especially once we get into the swing of things. Carnegie goes on to write, Years ago, I read a little book that had a lasting and profound effect on my life. It was called As a Man Thinketh by James Allen. Now, before we go on and I read this passage from As a Man Thinketh, most of you have probably heard of this James Allen book. It's a classic. It's a, you know, a self-development classic. I guess you could consider it a new thought, law of attraction classic as well. Very, very famous book. You know, James Allen is somebody else we have not mentioned, but, you know, if you're into this stuff, he's someone who's definitely uh, worth checking out, I would say. And here's the passage that Carnegie quotes from As a Man Thinketh. A man will find that as he alters his thoughts towards things and other people, things and other people will alter towards him. Let a man radically alter his thoughts, and he will be astonished at the rapid transformation it will affect in the material conditions of his life. Men do not attract that which they want, but that which they are. The divinity that shapes our ends is in ourselves. It is our very self. All that a man achieves is the direct result of his own thoughts. A man can only rise, conquer, and achieve by lifting up his thoughts. He can only remain weak and abject and miserable by refusing to lift up his thoughts. Those quotes are all from As a Man Thinketh by James Allen. And, um, you know, just hearing those quotes, I think you can tell why this book is a classic. Common sense, law of attraction advice right there. Carnegie went on to write, According to the book of Genesis, the Creator gave man dominion over the whole wide earth, a mighty big present. But I am not interested in any such super royal prerogatives. All I desire is dominion over myself, dominion over my thoughts, dominion over my fears, dominion over my mind, and over my spirit. And the wonderful thing is that I know that I can attain this dominion to an astonishing degree any time I want to by merely controlling my actions, which in turn control my reactions. Again, this ties in very nicely with last episode where we were talking about the quiet room and Maxwell Maltz's approach to becoming more relaxed and less reactive through retreating to the quiet room. That's an example of taking action to become more relaxed and not as reactive. Carnegie then quotes somebody else who's very famous and wonderful. He says, So let us remember these words of William James. Much of what we call evil can often be convened into a bracing and tonic good by a simple change of the sufferer's inner attitude from one of fear to one of fight. William James, of course, one of the geniuses of psychology of the last 150 years. Carnegie says, Let's fight for our happiness. Let's fight for our happiness by following a daily program of cheerful and constructive thinking. So this is just super pragmatic, underappreciated, undervalued advice. And um, so much of the information that we talk about on this show is just trying to share this with you and me trying to share it with myself and just applying it to the best of our abilities. Because it's so darn practical 
And I think the more we get into it, the more we will realize not only is it super practical, but it's super, super profound.